Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Today's episode is on Form 10Q filing and what is being reported on it and what to look for. Just like the previous episodes, I hope by the end of this episode, you have a better understanding of the form and the information that is being reported on it. So what is a 10Q? According to Investopedia, it's a report of financial performances that must be submitted by all publicly trading companies to the SEC. This report is generally an unaudited report and must be filed in the first three quarters of the company fiscal year. The exact deadline is dependent on the company's public float. The float falls under two categories. 40 days for the large accelerated filers and the regular filers and 45 days for the non-accelerated filers. Some of the information that is documented in the Form 10-Q includes condensed financial statements, management discussions, analysis of their financial condition of their, their entity, disclosures regarding the market risk, and internal controls. Maybe they have some legal proceeding defaults upon senior securities that they need to mention as well. This form is important because it provides a window into the financial health of a company. Future investors and current investors can use this form to get an idea of their quarterly earnings and other elements of its operation. This will allow you to compare previous quarters side by side if you want to, if you desire to track the company's performance. Now, please keep in mind with this, some companies are startup companies. So you can't always necessarily compare two companies side by side to each other. You have to Me personally, I like to treat each company different and on its own. And I say that because some companies might have a a longer history. And in that history, they might have a lot of up and downs. And I'm trying to figure out why. Whereas a new company might not have any of that, but have a much shorter history. Maybe they just started this year. Maybe they only been around for a year or two. So that's why I say you have to keep each company separate and not always try to compare the two when you're trying to, some people make the mistake, I would say, to generalize everything and compare, well, if this company did this, this company did X, I'm going to invest in this other company, when that might necessarily not be the best way to think about it, I say, because each company's perspective and each company performance is depending on that company's execution. So ideally, I feel like the purpose of this form is to help and hold a company accountable with being transparent with their financial position and with the financial position of their company status, as well as how they are moving forward on an ongoing basis. So you're going to also may see things like a share buyback, working capital, accounts receivable, factors affecting the company's inventory, and maybe even any legal risk that a company faces. This form is broken up into just two parts, which means it's smaller than some of the other form filings that we're going to discuss or have discussed. Those two parts are They're simple. It's financial information and other financial information. As I stated earlier, this form is not audited, and sometimes it doesn't have any attachments to any accountant's reports. It's very less detailed than a 10K, as you can uh, see if you listen to the previous episode, but it can be helpful if you're comparing the company's quarterly performances next to each other or if you just want to track the company's progress. If you have time to Google a 10Q form, please do so. Review them. 
Even go to the OTC markets and look at some of the company's current 10Q forms. Under the Disclosure tab, it's in the SEC filing sections. There you can find the different filings and if you click on a 10Q, it'll allow you to pull up one and you can see it and read it in further detail. Now, we are at that part of the episode where I bring on CC Trades, where she provides her input of the 10Q form, if it's important to her, what she looks for, and any additional details she wants to provide. Welcome, CC Trades. Today's episode, we talked about the 10Q filings, our form 10Q filings. What exactly does that mean to you, and what do you look for with those? So the 10Q, it is um, something that, you know, that comes out quarterly. So I see that as, you know, it's kind of like a, I would say, you know, like a quarterly periodic update as far as it can, you know, show us what it's doing. Um, you can see, you know, on a quarterly basis, if they're having new revenues, is their income increasing, decreasing, kind of the same. Um, you can kind of see, you know, how the company's been looking. Um, you can also see if there are certain things. Um, like the if you want to look for liabilities, look for expenses, assets, their equity. Um, so there's different things you can look for in the 10Q. Okay. And how, as far as with your research in that and your reliability, how much do you, do you depend on that when deciding if your an investment is for you, the ticker is for you? Well, as far as that, um, it really depends. Say if you see a lot of notes or things like that also. You may, you know, sometimes you may be worried, but at times the 10Q can just be like a formality. Let's say they get updated from here and they start putting out a lot of 10Qs. You know, you may not see as much income. There may be some income coming in. Let's say if they're going to bring in a new company or, you know, a new CEO, things like that. If there's something new coming in, it can change. So okay. it can tell a story, but it, it may not always be my deciding or determining factor. Nice, nice. Anything else when it comes to the 10Q that you want to uh, say that people should look out for or anything? Um, I know it's unaudited, so it's not like audited, but definitely, I mean, it's good to, you know, take a look at it and see. Um, you can also see if there's been any, you know, corporate changes. Sometimes they may include that in the 10Q. Awesome. As always, your insight is greatly appreciated and, and thank you for your time today. Oh, no problem. Uh, glad to help. Now for the ticker of the day for this episode. Currently, as of today, they are SEC delinquent, and today is May 1st, 2021. They're SEC delinquent due to not being caught up with our other filings. So I do want to put that out there because I know some have a fear that the SEC delinquent tickers, some do get suspended. I'm not saying that they will. I just want to be transparent, as always. However, the current share structure is very appealing to me. It's less than about 400 million shares that are currently being available for trading, which is why when they release information, it goes up very rapidly. However, for now, it hasn't been able to sustain its stock ticker price. Part of me feels like if they were up to date in their filings, the investor confidence would be much, much higher. But I want to run down some of their previous releases and keep in mind, I'm paraphrasing, and hopefully you'll understand, one, what I'm looking for, and two, why this ticker is appealing to me. So they sent a, recently they sent a shipment of COVID rapid testing to Africa. They secured about 115 acres of hemp biomass for CBD extractions. On February 24th, this small company received FDA approval for their COVID nasal collection swab testing. So let me tell you what that means. That means the test can not only be done by nose, 
which is painful for me, but it also can be done orally as well. So if that truly gets adapted universally, that can be massive. But the fact that they did receive FDA approval is very appealing to me. Now, in my opinion, personally, I don't think the stock price reflects the company's true value. However, I can see why it's currently at this price until they get up to date with their filings. But behind the scenes, it does appear that they are doing some very nice things. I feel like if they can go current, the investor's confidence will be there, right? And if it's there, I believe the stock price would then start to reflect its true value. The ticker symbol for this is MJTV. Again, the ticker is MJTV. Now, just like other episodes, I'm not trying to convince you to invest in this stock. What I'm trying to do is raise awareness and my process and the thinking and level of detail and research that I do and that you may need to do as you formulate your own process. This concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review on the platforms as we continue to grow this podcast organically. If you have any questions or topic requests, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. On the next episode, we have an interview with a gentleman named Calvin, where he discussed the actual importance of learning how to fish for yourself and not just rely on people alerts or want to take the easy way out as far as getting other people to just tell you tickers and tell you what to invest in. But he goes in further detail on why it's important to learn how to do it yourself. I think it'd be a very interesting interview for those who don't feel like they always have the necessary time to do research and understanding the balance between pursuing your goals and providing for your family. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.